Our next guest up on the air is the lovely Emily Walden, Detroit Tigers minor league baseball talent evaluator and writer and reporter for 2080 Baseball and the International Baseball Writers Association. You can find her on Twitter at Emily Walden 2080. Emily, thank you so much for, for you know, coming on and, and giving us uh, you know, a segment here on The Word with G. I, I know you just uh, were, have been fighting a, a sinus infection. You finally have your voice back. I do finally have my voice back. This is literally the best I've sounded in probably about three days. So hoping everybody understands me got so little congested, but definitely happy to be here. Yeah, I mean if you gotta step aside and blow your nose, it's all good. Just you know, just let me know and, and we'll we'll be fine. No no worries. Sounds great. <laughs> all right, so let's get our, our New York perspective out of the way, because you know a big Met fan. Uh, you're out in, in, in Michigan, so you, obviously you're a Tiger fan. And, um, you know, let's talk a little bit about the Michael Fulmer UN assessment deal from 2015. It was a, a monumental deal for both sides and ended up being. What did you initially think of this deal when it happened? You know, I was actually pretty excited about it just because in the Tiger system for quite a while, pitching has been a real kind of a bleak area for the team overall and obviously I knew we already had bats in the lineup um, I knew that there was uh, there was a lot of that to work with but as far as getting another pitching arm in there the fit of having Michael Fulmer come in was just something that got really everybody excited overall so I definitely had very very enthusiastic opinions of it from the get-go nice yeah and, and he ended up turning out to be a very, very strong arm that, you know, we saw this past year. He's an AL Rookie of the Year candidate. But how much growth and maturity did you see in Michael from when he was acquired to this year? You you, you mentioned off the air that you talked to him. What what were kind of some of your experiences like with him? Um, well, first of all, personality-wise, he's probably one of the most humble people I've interacted with. Um, everything you see, really, what you see is what you get. Um, he's somebody who's very appreciative to be able to play overall, um, and he's someone who I think learns very, very quickly. He's extremely competitive, and if you watch his face during the game, you can see that he's mentally processing everything that's just happened and trying to stay a step because of the combination of his youth, uh, that natural skill set, and the desire to keep growing and keep learning, I think is it's a combination any team would really want to have in their rotation. So I think the Tigers really got an incredible deal when they landed him. Now, did you expect such a stellar season from him this year? This this past season, like I mentioned, he's a finalist and, in my mind, the front runner for American League Rookie of the Year. You know, I think he exceeded everybody's expectations, honestly. What I knew about him coming into it, Really, it was all very positive. There were no obvious red flags of what we were expecting, but he went above and beyond. And I think it was something even that caught the Tigers by surprise, the way he handled the pressure so well. Obviously, moving to the major league level is a huge, huge adjustment, um, but he handled it very well. He handled it with maturity, and I think he went really above and beyond overall. So that, uh, that rookie of the year conversation is definitely well-deserved. Do you think he's going to be the rookie of the year? In my very biased opinion, I'm sincerely <laughs> hoping so, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say yes. I believe he will get that. Is that your unbiased opinion as well? 
that is my unbiased opinion as well. I think <laughs> the overall performance that he put up, you can't ignore it. I mean, he was drawing, you know, conversation from all over the country about the, the numbers he was putting up, the way he was handling himself, and obviously um, just the fact that he could hold his own so well at, really, I believe when he made his debut, I think he was just just 23 or may have still been just 22 at that point, but being yeah. able to handle that pressure so young, I think is absolutely deserving of that award. Yeah, absolutely. He put up great numbers. He was on, well, I picked him up on one of my fantasy teams. He was great for me. And, um, you know, he was, I think the biggest thing with Fulmer is that he was able to do it for the entirety of the season. And I know he slowed down a little bit towards the end. Maybe he hit a little bit of that rookie wall that you hear so much about. But, you know, you look at a Gary Sanchez who came up and did it for, what was it, 50 or 60 games, and, and he was incredible for that 50 or 60 game run. And then Lonnie Chisenhall, you know, I, I, or Tyler Naquin, whichever one it was out there for the, the Indians, I can't remember exactly. But, you know, they, they were pretty good throughout the entirety of the year. But to me, the most dominant guy throughout the entire year was, was Michael Fulmer. And I hope he wins it because, you know, I, I am always rooting for him. I have nothing against the Tigers. I have a couple of good friends who I hope are listening right now, Stacy and Elise. Um, that are big Tiger fans, and uh, hopefully, for their sake, he continues to do well. So we're talking again with Emily Walden of the D- uh, Detroit Tigers minor league t- baseball talent, evader, uh, talent evaluator, uh, writer for 2080 Baseball and the International Baseball Writers Association. Now, Emily, you deal, obviously, a lot with the minor league teams. And for those of you who don't know, the minor league can be an absolute grind at times. And we'll get into your story a little bit later. But I want you to focus on just kind of detailing for the audience what it's like to be a minor leaguer, what it's like to be around them, the trials, the tribulations, the ups, the downs, and kind of the travel and the hardships and, and just the kind of rough life and mopay that minor leaguers have to deal, to deal with to get themselves to that glory of, of Major League Baseball. Yeah, honestly, like, a lot of people use the phrase, it's a grind, but it literally is a grind. Um, I think the combination of the little amount of time that they're able to talk with family back home, um, the travel, living life on a bus, going in and out of hotels, probably not the best food selection uh, if you talk to the guys, (laughs) and then having to handle the pressure of going out on the field day after day to prove themselves on a regular basis, it's far from glamorous. I think a lot of people assume that when you sign the contract and you put on the uniform, instantly your life is parties and, you know, flashing camera bulbs and all the, the glitz and glamour that comes along with it. But these guys do struggle. They struggle a lot. They're not going to tell you that if you were to ask them because they're obviously, they have a goal in mind and they're working to achieve that goal. But you can tell that it's it's hard, especially the younger ones. I mean, you've got guys that are fresh out of high school that are coming into the system and to be away from your family and friends, you know, obviously girlfriends, all of that to be away for that long is incredibly wearing. So the ones who are able to really stick to it, um, to stay focused, I have all the respect in the world for them. And I've I've seen some pretty major highs and some major lows. And um, you can tell the ones that are going to stick it out for the long haul just the way they handle themselves. Are there any stories that you may be able to share with us of, you know, personal highs or lows that you've seen from any of the players uh, throughout your years covering minor league baseball? Um, I think probably some of the biggest ones are the the physical struggles that these guys have been a few that have had issues following Tommy John surgery or having some knee problems or, you know, elbow issues, you know, different things of that nature 
and just the mental toll that it takes on them. Um, obviously, the pressure to prove themselves in general is hard enough, but then to have to bounce back and have all the those little voices in, in your ear telling you, you know, you probably aren't ever going to bounce back and having to overcome that. Like, people forget what a mental game baseball is in so many different ways, and that's, that's a big part of it, having to stay positive, stay focused, and really just believe that if they put the work in, being able to get back to where they were before and just become one step closer to the major league level. That's, that's a great point. And that kind of ties right into our our, our guest previous to you of, of Shane McGowan, how he was, you know, he's so focused in on the mental edge of things and uh, of sports and, and yeah, the minor league, you, you described it perfectly. It's an absolute grind uh, when you're down there and you're trying to make it to the show and you're trying to impress scouts and your manager and upper management and you know the major league level and it's just it's got to be so difficult and so draining mentally and physically you know like you said the travel is rough I've been on you know I, I played college baseball and and I know that travel was rough and the food selection is, is not the greatest because they're trying to save money and they don't have a lot of money to begin with they're not getting paid a lot so yeah I, I get that the food the room the board it's all it's all kind of under underappreciated, I guess you could say, is is the right word. But just talk a little bit about some of the top prospects in this Tigers organization that you're kind of looking at for the Tigers that could possibly make an impact at the major league web, level within the next year or two, you know, whether it be next year or in the near future. Are there any guys that, you know, you've kind of seen that you're like, okay, you know, keep your eye on these guys because these guys may be contributing in the near future. Oh, for sure. Yeah, there's a couple names that really started to uh, to garner attention um, at the end of the 2016 season. Um, Joe Jimenez, he's uh, he's a big reliever, a very, very power arm reliever um, that has been in talks for a long time, been on the radar a long time. Um, he throws high 90s, so that's a big part of it. He's working on building a third um, major league ready pitch right now, um, has a really nasty slider. He's building up a changeup. Um, and obviously he has his fastball working really well for him already. So he's somebody that I definitely think the Tigers will see in 2017. Um, he's got the, the work ethic. He's got the enthusiasm. And I think he is definitely one to watch. Um, then a couple more, uh, Kristen Stewart. He's a product of uh, the Tennessee Volunteers. And um, somebody that has one of the most talked about bats um, that came up in 2015 and he's somebody that I think will be very similar to a Stephen Moya, outfielders already, um, where defensively um, may be able to hold his own to a certain degree at the major league level, but will really be looked at from the offensive side of things, um, just with the power that he hits with. And then uh, Michael Gerber is another one. He's one who went to uh, Creighton University, came up in 2014, and he's had some ups and downs. Um, as far as finding his footing, but he's also someone who adapts very quickly. And he was promoted to Double A Erie um, partway through the season this year, and really has come into his own. Um, he's not somebody that you're going to see hit with a lot of power, but he hits consistently. He's a doubles and triples guy um, that will put up really, really noticeable amounts of RBIs. So that's somebody else to watch. And then a lot of guys who came up in the 2016 draft class. I think are going to start to shake things up too. Uh, the Tigers picked up some really 
very exciting uh, pitching arms, got some uh, some good outfielders, and I think that's something that the system could get very excited about, just considering the drought of pitching specifically um, that they've had to work with over the last couple of years. So um, Matt Manning, for one, Kyle Funkhauser, Mark Ecker, um, Zach Houston is another big one. He's actually 6'5", um, and I watched him hit high 90s when I saw him throw a couple of games in 2016. So Definitely a lot to be excited about, and now it's just going to be a matter of seeing where they fit into the the overall role of things going into 2017, and I think spring training is going to tell a lot of that. There you go, Tiger fans. A lot to be excited about in the minor league system. Uh, You know, I'm looking at the major league level team, and you got a couple guys up here who are a little bit on the older side of their career, whether it be a, a, a Victor Martinez, a Miguel Cabrera, an Ian Kinsler, who's, you know, who's, his name's been thrown around in possible trades and going different places. And, uh, you know, a guy like Justin Upton, who's going to be there, and he was a little ineffective last year. Are there any guys that you could see, you know, just, just based on the needs of the organization for next year that could make that jump, like a Nick Castellanos who really came in and fit in that third base role really nicely, and, and he really showed that he, was, he progressed nicely, had a really good season last year. Another guy, J.D. Martinez, I think, who came up through the, the Tigers organization, he was a good, uh, a good example of a guy who kind of may, is making an impact at the major league level. Now, is there any guys that you could see that, you know, they might rely on heavily this next year to kind of maybe replace an Ian Kinsler or uh, maybe a Miguel Cabrera, I think, if he gets traded, or a Victor Martinez because he's a little bit older? Is there anybody that you're kind of keeping tabs on and thinking about in, in that respect? Um, I would say from the outfield, Jacoby Jones, um, who the Tigers picked up um, from Pittsburgh, He's somebody that really has the absolute makeup for a major league player. Um, One of his weaknesses, I think, right now is just continuing to work on plate discipline. Um, The defense is already there. He's he's got excellent footwork very, very well. Um, So he's somebody that did get a September call-up this year um, for the Tigers and handled handled himself very, very well. Um, But I think there's still some fine-tuning that's needed at the plate. And then... um, couple of other guys I think that are a possibility. Obviously Dixon Machado, um, he is a shortstop that spent the majority of his season in uh, AAA Toledo, but he has spent also a good amount of time with Detroit. Unfortunately, he falls under the shadow of Jose Iglesias, who makes equally, if not more impressive plays on a routine basis. But the thing with Dixon, um, there's a little bit of a lack in his uh, his time at the plate, that Jose tends to outweigh him a little. So, it's they both have the defense that's there, but unfortunately, Jose is, is a little bit sharper at the plate, and so I think Dixon's going to have to continue to just work on that aspect of it. Um, the Tigers love him already, and so it's not an issue of that. I think that they just need to have a place to fit him in, and maybe even as a possible second baseman. You know, if Ian Kinsler were to move. I'm trying to shift Dixon and maybe at second and seeing how that would work for him. Um, so that's a couple that I think are, are really good options. I think the system has a few that are maybe still a year or two out as far as the development process goes, but there is a few pieces that could work well as long as the Tigers stay consistent in their development process. Any relation to your knowledge of to, to Manny Machado? I... Unfortunately, cannot claim to be a Manny Machado <laughs> aficionado, 
but uh, not to my knowledge. You I don't, don't know his whole family tree? <laughs> I do not know. <laughs> well, if, hey, if he is on that Machado family tree, that that's a heck of a, of, a, of a tree to come from because we've seen Manny Machado do it with the Orioles for the last couple of years, and he's still a youngster. So if he is related to him or, you know, even if it's just the name is, is the same as, as Manny, he's got a good reputation. Uh, so that would be that would not be a bad thing, and I, I like that insight of that. You know, maybe he could slot over and play that second base role, which would be really interesting. Because if you got those two slick fielding infielders up the middle, you're set, and you're going to turn a ton of double play. 